not find the wedding dress, so the daughter decided to be married in the nude. The dream ended with Kindwall walking his naked daughter up the church aisle, but the altar was absent priest and groom. Flames shot from the tabernacle. Kindwall awoke in the morning without recalling the dream. The next day he volunteered for his third tour in Vietnam. The day he left he noticed a yellow piece of paper affixed to the refrigerator door with a watermelon-shaped magnet these words written on it in his wife's penmanship. Girl equals Virginia Sachiko. So his daughter had a name now, but no mother, and a father back at war. Part 1. Tokyo, November 1989. Chapter 1. Severin Box rode home from football practice in the back of Coach Kindwall's van. In the front passenger seat, the coach's daughter applied a French manicure to her nails. The coach was also the base general of Yokota Air Base, Japan, and Severin's father's boss. These facts made Virginia Sachiko Kindwall untouchable, and even more desirable than had she been a sergeant's daughter. Severin didn't wish to cause trouble for his father, and he intended to start the remainder of the season as outside linebacker, but he also wanted five minutes alone with Virginia five minutes to speak in a calm and controlled voice, to practice his Japanese with her, five minutes at a ramen shop, slurping their noodles, laughter, together. The back of the van smelled of pigskin and wet gridiron and the still sweet sweat of boys. In a year or maybe in months, the boys of Severin's age would begin to sweat like men and stink like men, and perhaps even suffer and want and love like men, but for now they were boys. The van passed the flight line and the jet-fueled, mind-blowing birds of human prey. In the dark, the planes looked harmless, like linked parts of a playground that young children might scamper on and under. But Severn knew, because his father had told him, that within twenty minutes General Kindwall could strike North Korea with a rain of bombs and fire more effective and impressive than ever unleashed before. All of this firepower idled within a half-mile of the football field and two miles of Severn's front door. Severin stared at Virginia's profile and felt his desire for her flush his face and chest. Coach was talking about the power of the linebacker Blitz, but Severin ignored him and stared at Virginia's beautiful nose and lips and the wisps of hair that floated above her head like strands of God. The car arrived at Severin's house in the officer's suburb of the base, and Severin jumped out with his gear in both hands and said goodbye to Coach and his daughter. He could barely pronounce her name. Hold up, Severin. Kindwall said. He put the van in park and walked around to the front of the vehicle and faced Severin. Kindwall was a massive man, six foot four, over 250 pounds. The general's face looked as though two pit bulls had played catch with it. His scars were from his third tour in Vietnam. A bouncing Betty made from ball bearings and gunpowder had rendered his face a combat zone. The general's carriage invoked the competing sensations of victory and humiliation. Severin knew the general could use rhetoric to turn breakfast into Pershing's European campaign. Kindwall stooped and aligned his eyes with Severin's. Tomorrow we will win a football game. It is all a part of the march of history. Only a few names are remembered in the end. Only a few names make it into the great score sheet of history. Eat right, sleep well, and hit hard. Yes, sir, Severin said. 
Kindwall grabbed the back of Severin's head and pulled him into the crook of his arm and, with the other hand, vigorously slapped the boy on the back. Virginia looked at Severin as though to apologize for her father's historicized, militarized vision of everything, even a hug. She blew Severin a kiss. He nervously extracted himself from Kindwall's embrace. Inside, Severin's dinner waited on the Formica kitchen counter. From the mudroom, he eyed the plate and guessed that it was chicken-fried steak and potatoes. His dad liked chicken-fried steak, and dad was home from somewhere in the world. Taiwan, Diego Garcia, Turkey. So they would eat chicken-fried steak. And his mother would drink less coffee, and her girlfriends, the mothers of his friends, would not hang around as late at night complaining about their absent husbands. Severin stood at the counter and ate, wearing his grass and mud-colored football pants and half-shirt stained with sweat and winning. He was not tall, five foot eight, but he carried a...